guys, welcome back to the Kind of an Expert podcast, the only podcast where the guest fix the topic of every single episode. My name is Corey Tyndall and I am your host. And this week I sat down with New York City comedian Elliot Thompson to talk about being broke. Not necessarily in the sense of, oh, I don't have money for this or I can't go on this trip, but more the societal factors that lead to being broke, right? Like how the landlords are fucking us, how the government's fucking us, uh, how any of us are going to survive over the coming apocalypse. So this episode was a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. Ton of fun. We go off on some crazy rants, some crazy tangents, um, not an uplifting episode, by any means, but I think you're going to like it a lot. You can follow Elliot at unofficial Elliot on Instagram. And if you're in New York City or visiting New York City, go to his show, Pure Chaos Comedy. It's a monthly show in Brooklyn. You can find the link to that on his Instagram. As always, follow me at Corey T Comedy on all social media. And if you're in New York City or visiting New York City, after you go to Elliot's show, come to Ope, a comedy show every single week at Ferns in the East Village. If you liked this episode, you liked Elliot as a guest, shoot me a message. Tell me which show you're coming to. We'll get him on uh, that one for a regular spot. With that, let's enjoy the episode. a job where i do nothing and i take selfies of my of my you know sweet green platter that you know the chef at google makes for me i hate sweet green i think part of the reason i hate sweet green is because i hate what sweet green stands for which is that worker (laughs) yeah every one of them eats sweet green every day for lunch it's the most like there's no dressing it's the it's the hardest kale with the least amount of dressing it's yeah it's i've I've never actually you're hungry 45 minutes later it's not worth it it's eighteen dollars for a giant kale leaf it's amazing how fast food it used to be like oh fast food was like was like cheap and bad for you and now it's expensive and good for you kind of or whatever but it's just the only thing that's the same is it's still quick like now your the quick food is just as expensive as any like sit down quick lunch thing in the city yeah that's a good point it's not cheaper at all was it so that was one thing when i moved here that was shocking is how expensive mcdonald's was like when i grew up that was they would regularly have deals where it's you know get two uh if if you buy two big macs you get them for a buck 50 each so it was like three dollars you get two giant hamburgers that's i'm in high school so that's just my dinner when i'm working and then i move here and it was like wow the dollar slice really is the only good deal here yeah yeah it's it's well yeah there's dollar there's dollar slice I'm pretty good at knowing where the deals, yeah. cheap, cheap meals are give at. Me, give me the deals. So <laughs> you got Dollar Slice. You got um, halal food. You can still get a halal, yep. a good halal platter for eight bucks. Yep. Um, you could get dumplings are still like North Dumpling is still like 150 for like five dumplings. Five dumplings for a buck 50. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. It's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Um, it used to be a dollar for four. When I was in high school, that was like we would go down to this place, Tasty Dumpling, on Mulberry, probably like twice a week. Get the yeah, you get like four dollars, you get fucking twenty dumplings, dude. Oh god damn it! I've I've always felt like living in the city. There are those places, and I've found a, a few of them. Like when people come to visit, they're like, "Oh, I gotta I gotta save up because we're going to New York, and it's like it's gonna be expensive." And yeah. I could finally say like, "No, no, no! I've I've lived here long enough now." it can be cheap like if you're willing to sleep on my floor then i know the places where we can go where it's like six bucks for a beer and a shot and eight bucks for halal food and all that sort of stuff but it took me four or five years just from like lack of knowledge and if you're if you're if you're coming to new york i mean yeah you could still get you know uh, i mean what pizza slice pizzas pizza it's like pizza and coffee are, are two commodities that people just sort of forgot how or just how much one of those like a cup of coffee or like a slice of pizza costs at a certain point just became so arbitrary like 
a, like yes, you could get a dollar slice and the it's shit, it's rubber, <laughs> rubber, rubber crust. The cheese is bad, sauce is terrible, but it'll it'll fill a, a void if you're right. like really starving. But it's two in the morning. You've been drinking. Yeah, but and like another slice, like a pepperoni slice, might cost you anywhere from like four to like seven dollars, depending That's... on where you go. Like seven dollars, like six, seven dollars for a fucking pepperoni slice. Exactly what I was gonna Crazy. say. East Village Pizza around here, they've got, like, it's good, it's good pizza. Yeah. But they've got like a hundred and fifty k Instagram followers, and they're now they're like a they're a place, like they're a hashtag mm. on Facebook because they're so popular. And a pepperoni slice is like five fifty. And I'm crazy. You could still get the whole pie for like twenty bucks, hmm. which is good but it really just like oh okay you're you're just you know you're ripping off the person that wants a single slice well there's no dollar costs, slice everything places costs, around here everything costs people don't expect anything to cost less than five dollars they expect a cup of coffee to cost five dollars they expect a slice of pizza to cost five dollars they you know anytime you go out for lunch minimum you out for lunch you're probably going to spend 18 dollars on lunch like yeah every si- sweet green you know even your fucking chipotle you get a you get a a soda on the side it's gonna be 18 dollars. any sit down thing that you're gonna spend minimum 18 dollars. any there's no burger anymore in any bar for less than 18 dollars. everything costs 18 dollars. <laughs> i mean unless you find those special places but even those places i'm kind of looking at them going like you realize how much more money you could be charging for this like the dumpling yeah. place yeah yeah, totally. Good, good for them, but it's also like, hey, do you not recognize what everyone else did around here? Yeah. Like, you can, that's the whole thing with this inflation thing. They're figuring out like half of the inflation was just the companies taking advantage of the fact that they could blame inflation. Totally. And it's just like, all right, cool. So <laughs> you made record profits and nobody has a savings account anymore. Fucking sick, dude. Yeah, exactly. Thanks. That's- was New York always like that? I mean, because you, you grew up here and that's what we're talking about i've fast casuals within your lifetime right like i don't remember chipotle or that sort of thing when i was a kid that kind of happened when i was in middle school or high school yeah that was like high school um yeah yeah i would say that price i mean prices just seem to have gone up like so dramatically over the past 10 years um and i think it all starts with with housing it's just like there's such a housing crunch here Mm. that means that people who are especially in like i grew up in greenpoint so greenpoint like williamsburg area williamsburg got super gentrified like everything williamsburg is the most expensive neighborhood it is so hard to get an apartment there yeah like it is cheaper to get an apartment here in the east village than it is in williamsburg which blew my fucking mind yeah i mean it's nuts and um and yeah, even the shit that's like um, affordable, it's only affordable within the median, in, which is like one of the biggest scams ever. Wait, wait, what do you... So affordable housing usually means, so if you want to build like, let's say a new condo, a, a building of condominiums, you're going to get a tax break if you make like 15% of the apartments affordable, like affordable, but it's not... Affordable only means that it's 30% of the income of like the 70th percentile earner in that neighborhood. So if it's a oh. so if it's a high income neighborhood, like the affordable housing is is geared it's 30% of somebody who makes like 85 90 $90,000 because they're in the 70th percent of that neighborhood's gotcha. like income. Yeah. So so basically to get like true affordable housing, you're still going to be living so fucking far from like the city. It's like it's impossible to get affordable housing anywhere in any like cool neighborhood. You're going to be living in fucking like Canarsie or some shit. Right. Um, yeah. So just, I mean, looking at places, you know, I get bored of work every once in a while, go on street easy, see what's out there. My, the first apartment I lived in was off the gates J in Bushwick. Yeah. Right next to the train, right off Broadway, pretty far out there. Yeah. Like to get to midtown, it's about an hour. Yeah. Um, with at least one train transfer. Yeah. That neighborhood, I had a two-bedroom, uh, dual-level, two-full or two-bath. So I shared it with one other person. The total rent on that was 2300 Okay. 
at that stop. A one bedroom at that stop now, half the size, is twenty seven hundred. Jesus, that area, which like, the area is kind of cool and hip. That's yeah, which is it, but it's not built out. It's not fully gentrified. There's a couple bars. There's a couple coffee shops. It's still pretty like far out. One gym. It's still pretty far out. Yeah. Why is it that much money? I mean, it's it's. This has been the you know. I mean, part of it is that New York is so corrupt. Um, <laughs> it is. I mean, landlords. Yeah. <laughs> landlords. Landlords and real estate developers run the city. They always have, and um, and I mean, there have been a couple stories that basically there are thousands and thousands and thousands of apartments that are just uh, are being maintained as vacant because it's like a little complicated, but like. Essentially, instead of um, lowering the price to where the apartment would sell, they are keeping the landlords are keeping it empty and then raising the rents of places that are already inhabited yes. to cover the cost of having those places empty until somebody rents these apartments at their inflated value. So yeah, it's it's. I it's mean, it should supply, be totally illegal. It's a supply squeeze. And the other part of that is that the apartments that are vacant, they can write off on their taxes. Yeah. So they're they're not losing money on these empty apartments. And the issue is these giant landlords that can afford to do that. Yeah. Because it is costly. But like the luckiest thing about this apartment I'm in right now is that it's a the landlord doesn't own much. And one of the things they do own is a store right under this, which has been empty for a year. They can't mm. afford to raise my rent up because if I leave and they miss out on a couple months rent, that's like that's a problem for them. Yeah. But when you're the Chinese government, but yeah. <laughs> it's like you can have as many empty apartments as you fucking want. Yeah. You know, it's I don't know if it's I don't know if it's the Chinese <laughs> government that's that's keeping it's, New York out of housing. No, I think it was I think the. Uh, I saw a study. I hope this is true. Um, the percentage I'm I'm guesstimating here, but it was something like 35% of uh, apartments in New York City are owned by Chinese and Russian nationals. Huh. Because we're so open to the global economy that they're just like, all right, cool, let me buy. And those are the ones that are in like billionaires row. Yeah, I have heard, and, I have heard that, stuff that, like that, that there are like, yeah, that it is a sort of like a money laundering scheme. But um but I mean, there's also, uh, there's, I mean, it's like people are leaving the city. There's fewer people here than there was before COVID. Yeah. Um, so there should not Thank be God. a fucking, but I mean, it doesn't really feel like it. it doesn't, New York doesn't feel empty. Yeah. That's and it certainly depending on the feel, neighborhood. It certainly doesn't feel like, like there's, it's uninhabited. Like, but it, it should be, you know, it, like it, sh there should be a housing. It should be the opposite. There should be, price should be crashing. Um, yeah. In San Francisco, it's a similar situation. Like prices are crashing. It's the lowest. My friends are paying the lowest rent they've paid in twenty years in San Francisco, um, and it should be a similar situation here. But it's, but they're artificially floating it, and I mean, it should be illegal to um, to hold on to apartments that way. I mean, yeah. but the city's just got to build affordable housing, and it's got to build like actual affordable housing, and but it has to build you know probably like a hundred thousand units. A lot, yeah, a lot of them. And so it's just like you know billions and billions of dollars that they'd rather spend on raising cops' <laughs> pay by thirty percent. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know the uh, the unions. Um, they are the one thing that I do have hope for is like they're converting old office buildings that are now empty because everyone's working yeah. remote into stuff like down in Fidei. The the apartments in it's regional. I'm just it not seems convinced like in Manhattan. It'll, it'll I'm just I mean I mean it just has to be on such a massive scale and yeah. it has to be done by somebody who actually has the public interest in mind and not just like billionaire landlords. Um Yeah. And so I'm I'm that literally hasn't happened once in my lifetime that <laughs> any mayor has actually done anything for anybody um <laughs> i mean literally the only the only program that i can think of in my entire life that has actually like benefited new yorkers has stop and been, frisk yeah stop and frisk that was huge um <laughs> obviously a joke yeah yeah Jesus. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
when you just you know maybe the worst public policy that insane. america's had in 60 years um so yeah, right, go course, on and of course eric adams like wants to bring it back moron um yeah one of the dumbest guys ever uh, uh, <laughs> such an idiot uh but yeah it's uh it's you know the, the only program was universal pre-k and uh and that's barely it's it's nothing it's, it's nothing. Like, there's there no, are no kids done, in this city. They've done nothing <laughs> for anybody. The everything has just gotten increasingly shit and more expensive. Yeah, and it's it really the. I'm pretty glad that people on the whole. It might be too late. I'm glad people on the whole have decided the trickle down economics doesn't fucking work. But again, it might be too late because. The billionaire landlords, the people that own these massive swaths of New York City that could buy whatever they want, yeah. they're going to keep buying the politicians as long as yeah. we we let them get too big. And now there's no such thing as a as a true like populist politician who can actually change anything and put in rules. Like I would love to see a rule where like we have zoning laws in the city where you can't have a certain number of bars in certain areas because it's residential or something like that. I would yeah. love to have designations around this apartment in this area cannot be an investment property. If yeah. it, it cannot be vacant for more than six months unless you are actively doing renovations on it. Yeah, I mean, And I'm sure the... people would skirt around that or whatever, but it would it would open up so many apartments to people and the prices would drop the issue is that landlords would like the small landlords would have a huge well actually the small landlords wouldn't have any problem with it because almost, all their apartments are full it's the big landlords would pay billions of dollars to the politicians to make sure that never happened i also have uh i have very little sympathy for small landlords um i Please lay think, it lay it on me. I just don't I'm, think I'm thinking lesser of two evils over here, I, but I, you've I got think, more experience than I, I do. I, I just don't think that that I small landlords one are it, they're kind of like the you know like the anti-Trump Republican in in just that they're they're a little <laughs> yeah. bit of like a you hear about them and I guess you've got one, but like something like eighty percent people who have small landlords it's, it's considered something like if you own like less than 10 buildings sure then you're a small so like yes. what are we really talking about here we're we talking about like oh you have one house i mean like i've i've lived in a uh in a house that was owned by by one guy and it he wasn't a great he it, it wasn't great you know he still raised rents he still he eventually uh kicked us out because he wound wanted to sell the place that like if the the problem is i mean landlord is is it's not the great it's not a uh it's not a real job <laughs> no no it's it's not it's, it's you're, it's you're not making money job. off of something that people need to survive so yeah i'm kind of against that as a uh as a premise for for a job is right. is you're profiting over somebody's shelter extorting them i mean the idea that you can just raise rent as much as you want in new york city year yeah. to year is crazy that you would that you would landlords you know cutting people deals during covid going down to probably what the market should be closer to you know like fifteen hundred dollars for an east village studio and then 15 oh my god that would be the best deal in yeah. the east village by a lot <laughs> yeah and then and then the next year then you know 2022 that they're like, okay, you're paying 15 last year. It's going to be 37 this year. Yeah. That's sound good. And it's like, no, dude, that's my no. fucking home. Right. What? You're telling me I got to fuck it. Well, okay. So here's the problem. One, the, they could just leave it empty because they, yeah, like that's, total, that's where the, I, I, I very much like the, the analogy that they're the non pro Trump Republicans because they're like, there's still some really, you're still going to vote for that guy who's against like I understand it's it's fiscal, but like the whole anti-trans thing isn't a deal breaker for you. Yeah. Like, so I I like that analogy a lot because they still do the same shit. The small landlords, at the very least, can't hold on to an empty apartment because they don't have as much money like the big ones do. But sure. the issue, and I want your I want your take on this as a whole. But to me, even from the time that I got here in 2017, so again six years, not long enough 
it's long enough that people outside of the city are impressed, but it's not long enough that anyone who actually live from here mm-hmm. is impressed. Long time. I'm like in a weird, I'm in a weird middle ground where, but the, one of the things that I've noticed in the short time that I've been here is this now feels like, and I, I want to know if it was like this before, this city now feels like the rich person's playground where nothing is built for anyone who makes less than six figures anymore or who has who doesn't have parents that can't support their lifestyle like i look around the east village and my one of my dad's best friends lived in like this exact neighborhood in the in the 70s and 80s and he was like it was all artists we like it was you know flop houses rent was dirt cheap we just like fuck around we're stealing forks and spoons from all the restaurants it was cool bars it was places like like it was not expensive to live here and now i look around and i'm like everyone's like how are so young how are so many young people living in your neighborhood if your rent's so high how are so many young people i was like i'm the only one in my neighborhood who pays my own rent yeah everyone up. else is their parents <laughs> it's their parents paying yeah. their rent and it's like, all right, well, I understand that living here, but now that's happening in Williamsburg. That's happening in Greenpoint. That's happening in fucking Bushwick. You're oh, an hour outside dude. of city center, and it's like if you're 23 and your dad's not helping you or your mom or who, or your grandparents or whoever the fuck, you can't live in New York City. Is How new is that is my question. Um, I mean, I still would say that like, there are ways to scheme – um there's ways to scheme rent there's i please tell me <laughs> you know you you uh, i mean but it's usually usually helps if you're from here like that's i would say that i don't sure. really know that much about what's going on like culturally necessarily not more than any not more than you would um i but the only thing like i don't know i don't know what's cool i don't know like where the cool clubs are i don't like mm. that's not like what you're, I you're what saying I know cool about. like 21 year old or like 19 year olds yeah, are trying I don't know to what's sneak happening, in or even just like I got you, you know kind yeah. of in, a, in a more general sense I don't know what's at MoMA right now you know I'm not like hip <laughs> I don't know what's going on but I will say that I've had um a leg up in terms of finding affordable housing um basically since you know I moved out of my parents house which was like you know 2010 mm-hmm. so um I've never paid more than $600 for rent in no New York shit um but that meant you know like me and my friends we got uh, a three bedroom in crown heights back in like 2014 and that's that's a ways out there yeah and we're, it, it we're not like, talking like city center for the no, for the non new york it was like utica listeners utica, yeah. utica a utica not a 4. not a bad neighborhood by any means but no, it's, it was cool. it's I mean, definitely we were, not we we're pretty close to know. the Bre- to brownsville um, East New York, yeah, um, which is you know it's it's the hood for sure. Um, <laughs> but whatever, that's like it, I was in punk bands through like all of high school. Like most sure. of the, most of the shows were played in places now that are like so heavily gentrified that I you wouldn't even recognize it. But like you know, I I don't I'm not like I'm not like I'm not like scared of the hood. Like sure, uh, it's it's you know it's it's chill. It's like that's where I've I usually. I live like most of my adult life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically, you know, we have three bedrooms and then we just stuck somebody in the basement that's cuts the rent in another quarter. So sure. Um, then, yeah, then I moved in with my, I moved to, to the other side of Eastern Parkway. Uh, there's like this tiny little, probably would be like an off, like a cor- like an office space, like not even, definitely not a full bedroom. I like threw a loft bed up there. Um, you're making and, the most of it. Yeah. And if you want to be an artist and you don't want to kill yourself with work, I've, I think that you have to kind of be willing to cut some of those corners. Um, you know, probably unless you unless you just like have incredible discipline and you're like, I can handle a nine to five job. It seems like you're doing well. And like lots of people do um, do it better in my job than I am at comedy. So no, I'm kidding. Well, I, I, do, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think that that's, that's kind of the risk that I see people yeah. make. And I don't know how you feel about this, but, um, but like people who smart driven, 
creative, move to the city, want to become an actor, writer, comedian, what have you, painter, and they get like a decent job probably in whatever field they studied in college, whether it's like data, they get a tech job, they get in at a, you know, um, a decent nine to five where they're making good money. They're in copywriting, let's say. Sure. And then you see it happens all the time and I don't begrudge them. Up. And you see just like, they're like, oh, this nine to five job is actually f- fairly fulfilling. It's providing me with you know a, a good salary i can pay for mm. an apartment um I'm, i have a social life from work and then you see them just like working less hard at whatever creative field they wanted to make it in when they moved to new york so whether it's like you know the the dream of becoming an actor you're just going on fewer auditions you're at work you're at a you know nine to five you know you're not painting as much necessarily you're not doing as many open mics because you have a kind of like a nice life and it's like yeah that's like you're making probably the right decision like (laughs) i mean choosing choosing like nobody makes it in stand-up comedy and so (laughs) and so choosing to be around people who aren't comics is probably like just a better life than than fucking just grinding it out at these open mics for years while maintaining like a subsistence level existence um yeah well well trying to win well trying to win the lottery that's that's what trying to make it in stand-up is is like grinding until and you you sacrifice so much in comedy specifically just because like there really is no other um creative pursuit that i'm aware of that requires so much consistent on the ground effort and it's not like yeah it's not like you just get to go run a set for five it's not like the sets happen quick you have to fucking if it's an open mic you gotta hang there you don't know when you're going right. up it's like a full hour and a half of your day every day um minimum and it's like that fucking that'll sap if you're if you're trying to be in a relationship if you're trying to like make friends outside of comedy if you're trying to like learn about the word like interact with the city and any yeah. in-depth way it's going to detract from every single one of those things and that was something that i was like you know that you saw people all the time during covid uh so many comics just like got to take a year and a half off and were like (laughs) wait i'm so much happier without stand-up comedy in my life there there are definitely those people and they're easy to spot at open mics where it's like you just look at them and it's like wow there's zero joy in what you're doing there and it comes across in their set and it's and everybody goes through waves there but i think the one i agree with 99 percent of what you said except um i think the the key thing there is that they're the people are somewhat fulfilled by their day job yeah i don't think necessarily that they are i think they get used to being unfulfilled creatively so it's it's not it's not that they're you know oh you know i it's like right when i started i hated spreadsheets but now after doing them every day for 12 years you know i kind of do love a spreadsheet you know it's like no they they and this is kind of the the point that i was making is like coming from my perspective of i have the day job and i'm working i work really hard at it and i'm trying to do comedy at the same time and work really hard at that it's the i feel like the city because of the changes that have happened even since i moved here in 2017 have made that harder like the the rent being so high if if my rent was $800 cheaper, I could easily get a job where I'm not working nearly as hard yeah. and still have the same amount of uh, spending money that I have. But because my rent is so high, because we don't have those protections that we're talking about, I feel like the people that do move here to be an artist are being squeezed out by the people who move here so that they could post photos on Instagram of them at, you know, all of the popular places in New York. 
Totally. You know, and and so it's or you just it, find creative classes because I mean, there's so many rich people in the United States, and they all yeah. they make babies, and those babies grow up and they move here, and then they are in every single scene imaginable. So I grew up in the punk scene. The punk scene, you would think, you know, naturally anti-capitalist, you know, against authority is pretty much entirely comprised of rich kids yeah. who are coy about being rich and they don't, they definitely don't flaunt it. And it's often like a big secret. I mean, I, I remember. Yeah. How many people got outed friend, in the punk scene? I mean, it's, everybody would know. Everybody knows. You it's know? like being gay in the South. Yeah. Being- you're just like, you're like, you know, this person doesn't have a fucking job. Why? Or even if they do, it's uh. like, it's like, I remember, you know, one of my buddies, um, I'm not going to drop his name but may he rest in peace he uh j- good metaphorically guy. rest in nah, peace he, he, or he, over, he, just... he overdosed but oh, shit. um but he was in a bunch of punk bands nice dude uh and and then like at his funeral in connecticut uh at his parents house like his parents had picassos <laughs> jesus christ and so you're just like damn dude like you like, so you, you had no idea People knew like there was rumors of like a trust fund, but you just like didn't know wow. exactly how um, how deep it, it how deep it went. Like I mean, and there's so many levels too. Like like what people consider to be rich. Like yeah. um, you know, there's a there's a comic in the in the scene um, who talks about being rich on stage, which like very few people do. Yeah, but then and there's so many kids who have like wealthy but it's like what does rich mean does it mean that you're like dad was a dentist or does it mean that he's like an oligarch right and did he invent plastic right <laughs> you know that level he, of rich is he worth 300 million dollars i mean it's like that is and so when you so it's almost like it almost feels dishonest when he's like <laughs> yeah grow, i grew up rich when we're talking about 300 million dollars you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, that's not, that's, that's not like, what is that, what is that even, what's the, even I, the word for that? Because like, we need a new word. It's, I there's agree. gotta be a different word. Because you know, upper middle class, like, well, he would say he's probably upper yeah, middle class. Right, like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Because everybody knows someone who's richer than them. Yeah. Nobody wants to live in an area where they are right. the richest. They will right. always if move to an richer, area. If, any, if anybody, is that you've ever met is richer than you than your upper middle class yeah <laughs> but it's also you look down i mean new york is wild because you those rich people do kind of have like poor people hit them in the face like like you go out to montana you get those communes of yeah. rich people the only poor people they meet are their house servants like they're yeah. they they do not see average people so in their minds they're like oh well the average people are middle class like the, I, I pay a good wage to the people who do my laundry. So that means they're middle class. And then that would make me upper middle class. Right. And it's like, <laughs> no, dude, that is not how that fucking works. Oh, man. Yeah, it's I don't know what to do. Good. Good on that guy for thinking that for knowing that he's rich, because there are definitely some rich people in the scene that I know of that do not think they're rich. Yeah. Meanwhile, their parents pay for everything. Yeah, they're they have a one bedroom by themselves in a good I feel area. Like that's a big. That's a that's a. If your parents help you with rent, then you're rich. I think help is the wrong word because I know some people where their parents give them like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that means they're rich. I, I that could just be like the overly supportive mother who believes in yeah, her kids. I dreams. guess that's true. But it's like if your parents are paying the full three grand, then yeah, yeah you're fucking loaded. I did okay. So, um, an account executive at a tech company sells enterprise software. They make roughly a base of 150k, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, if they hit their numbers for the year, they make another 150k. And when I first learned that, when I was like 23, 24. First got a job at a at a tech company that that did that. The the daily math on that is that 
they make after taxes roughly four fifty to five hundred dollars a day. Yeah. Per day. Yeah. The only thing I could think of to spend that much money in a day every day was cocaine. Yeah. How do you spend that much fucking money? That's only 300K. 300K to someone who makes a million dollars is not much. Someone who makes $10 million, that's nothing. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. And there was some, uh, I saw it on fucking like Twitter today. Just like there's a study where um, some asked somebody at, at 250,000, 500,000, uh, a million, two million, et cetera, et cetera, just doubling it. At each, at each interval, like the the they the person who made that amount of money was asked how much more money they think that they would need to be happy, like truly yeah. happy. And at every level, they said double it. And so it's just yeah, it's just it turns out that it's. Um, I do think it helps sure. with happiness. Yeah. Making that totally. Kind of money. But I think you also just like, you know, I, I remember reading this great New York novel uh, by Tom Wolfe, Bonfire of the Vanities. Um, it's about this finance guy who is highly stressed, hits a young black kid with his car because he thinks he's going to rob him, ends up getting caught, going on trial, this whole thing. Um, takes place in the 80s but in the beginning of the book is break just breaking down okay you know he pulls in I think it was like 750 a year but then he's got the Hamptons cr- house as a mortgage yeah his his upper east side apartments 5500 5, a month his he's got the car loan he's got two kids in private school and then all of a sudden he's got a country club fee yep. he's got yep and then all of a sudden, these very rich people are just like sort of over leveraged. And I mean, it's not like I feel bad for them. No, but you can, but you can then understand why somebody in that headspace would be like, you don't know making $300,000 in the city. It's pretty much like minimum wage. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. It's like, well, I don't know. The bodega, the prices are getting, are no, you don't understand in my industry. I need to belong to a country club. Right. That's mandatory. Yeah. That's 50 grand a year. Well, that's, that's what it is with the, you need to surround yourself with other people when you're rich it's like all right if he doesn't send his kid to those private schools then he's then his kids are the rich ones he doesn't want his kids to be the rich ones he wants no. his kids to be right in the middle of that private school where yeah. they can they could you know meet some people that are richer than them and maybe they'll like become buddies and start a business and then they together could be rich and they'll have some like lower income kids you know parents that make uh, you know, only 450. They're only doctors. They don't work in finance, yeah, but they're, right, right. they're surgeons, like, <laughs> like real people, people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and like, you know, learn some yeah. culture from them. They but get their hands dirty. Yeah. You know, they, so yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they, they get their hands dirty. I like that way of putting it. Um, but it, it is all relative, right? If everyone around you is making more money, if they all have bigger yachts than you, then you can't, then you're stuck. You want you want to double your money, like you said. But if you have the biggest yacht, then you're looking around being like, ah, oh, man, maybe these aren't the people I need to be hanging out with. Yeah. I'm not going to say I feel bad for them because yeah. fuck them, but it's like, yeah, I, man, so I don't know how you get out of that. I, there is nothing that makes... Try, I, think, you know, I think I've seen a lot of them start saying up comedy. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> I know. There's so many. And you know what? They're more likely to make it than we are. Definitely. And it's because of, like, they they just don't have to worry about anything else. And that's yeah. kind of what I'm getting to with the, like, uh, the. It, I don't think that they're fulfilled by their job. I think they're just so worried about everything else that they can't maintain the worry about stand-up that you have to. You have to, with stand-up, you have to be anxious about it at least 60% of your day. Yeah. And that even that's low. Definitely. But when you've got rich parents and you're not doing anything, you could be anxious about it 100% of your day. I could be anxious about it 60% of the day. Yeah. And still get the my current job done. If I get a promotion, then it's like, fuck. I'm going to, what am I going to, do I turn down a promotion? That's it's one like, of those questions. 
Maybe. It's one of these, you know, it's I, that is one I of the... I don't fucking know. And that's, you know, that's uh, part of why... <laughs> It's I've, not because I'm fulfilled with my job. It's because I'm like, fuck, I got to pay rent. Yeah, you've got, you know? you've got real real bills and, and and that, you know, that, and that is, that's that's tough. I mean, I think that it's these kind of questions that make a lot of really funny people um, quit stand-up uh, just because, you know, I remember this dude, I mean, I don't know if he still does it, but I, when I got here, he was like so fucking funny. I think his name was like Justin Flanagan. And... The name uh, rings a bell. He was like this f- fucking like blue collar yeah. guy. I think he was like from Jersey or some shit. They're always the funniest ones. Such a good joke writer. So funny. And last I heard, he had um, gotten into like UPS's union or some shit and was just like, dude, I'm making fucking $80,000. I don't have time for stand up. I yeah. got I got I to gotta like a, a wife, you know, I'm going to do this. Stand up isn't. Yeah, it just can't. It just can't. It's not happening. So it's not. Yeah, and so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna just hedge on. I'm not gonna like not work this job full time so that I can like hit the good open mics and like maybe get on some good bar shows a couple times a month. Right. You know, like life is happening to me. Well, so here's like the, you know, so let's let's say, let's for this thought experiment let's say i i quit comedy and i join a tech startup that blows up and i make it rich yeah my dream if that were to happen would be that i make it so rich that my kid can do stand-up comedy (laughs) but then my kid gets shit on by assholes like us because come on because his dad me (laughs) is rich so it's like i do feel i'm i want to throw out some sympathy we're, for we're those shitting people. on it, but we don't even it's like honestly there's so many comics that grew up really wealthy and that it's just like i mean john mulaney nick yeah. kroll nick, oh yeah um Berbiglia, yep uh they all private school kids went to georgetown like yep same class at georgetown too it's kind of funny but like oh. you know it's the Colin just went to Harvard. Colin just like, grew yeah. up in Staten Island, but you know, he wasn't poor there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, kids got grew up rich face for sure. And <laughs> and so, you know, for every fucking like Michael Che, there's so many more Collins. Yeah. Um and you gotta be and you know, you gotta be funny and you gotta put sure. in the work, of course. Um, but it's there will always be rich kids dominating every single artistic scene yeah it's just like the way that it is yeah it's music taylor swift ariana grande fucking like you it's if you're gonna be average at an art so like average for professional yeah you've got to be rich if you're a genius then you can you can get away with not growing up rich yeah because you are that far ahead of everyone else it's like you know uh uh, who's who's uh, you know like your bob marley's or whatever where it's just like wow that person is so fucking good like he could be dirt poor and he's and that was also you know a different time when when i remember um which which writer was it uh it was somebody like it was somebody like a tom wolf um oh it was don delillo author Don DeLillo uh, wrote he wrote White Noise which just made into a movie anyway um, he moved to New York and was able to write full time because his rent was like $300 right and so he could you know he there's it's just it's just a money game it's exactly like you said it's like if you've got the drive to be an artist and it's not enough in the city because you're just going to have to work so hard to pay your basic necessities in a way that you didn't have to pretty much. It's been like 15, 20 years of this crunch and it's just been getting worse and worse. Yeah. Well, I I want your opinion on this. I feel like in that 15 to 20 years, 
the thing that happened was the internet made being rich cool specifically instagram Mm -hmm. you know like like you think back to the 90s or like grunge or whatever one of the worst things you could call someone is a poser it's like oh you're you're rich but you're pretending to be poor you're a fucking poser get the fuck out of here and that still lived that sounds like what you were saying in the in the punk scene but now like there are comedians i've brought this up on a podcast before but it's like Tom Segura regularly brags about all the fucking cars he drives and the private jets he takes and like all this other there's I never would have pictured fucking Bill Burr in the 90s bragging about being rich you know like it never would have worked but being yeah. rich is cool now yeah and it's everyone's like oh here's what you got you got to be rich you got to move to New York or like some you know dubai some cool city and that's how you fucking that's that's what blows up online that's who i want to mimic yeah. the person who's fucking rich i mean you it's, know? it's in a society that has no safety net and no um protections for anybody no health care um you can your rent can get raised as much as your landlord wants it to yeah um the only protection from just like basic life is to be extremely wealthy there's no safety net yeah um so being rich is is so much more important here than it is in some place like scandinavia or oh yeah it's if you're if you're not rich then you're kind of fucked you know what if you get sick i i mean i have insurance and even if I get sick, it's still like a $5,000 fucking deductible. Yeah. I don't want to pay $5,000. And your, you and your insurance and your company can drop you. I mean, it's like, yeah. it's, um, yeah, it, things are very, it's, it seems untenable, but, and I think also in terms of like why it's been cool or like why people like, is just because of the amount of kids in the scene. Like if everybody in the scene is secretly rich then it's not going to become like it's not going to become super it's not going to become like a super big issue to be like calling people out for me right and (laughs) and also it's it's, you know it's a one-man sport dude it's like you calling out somebody for being rich isn't really it's a pretty bad diss honestly it's like it's something to kind of be like well i mean you know yeah he's super fucking right. rich you know? when you're when you're making excuses like that you weren't it's, it's so it's it's like what are you gonna do you can, you can bemoan it but I, but at the end of the day it's like it's not gonna get you past the club like no. calling somebody else out you can talk about it like structurally like damn it doesn't it suck that rent is so high that only rich kids can really afford to you know write and shoot sketches every day with their friends and yeah whatever there's, I mean, it's it's kind of like, I guess for this thought experiment, I want to see if you agree with me. So the the way that I'm thinking about, or I guess from what I've understood, the reason that America doesn't have a social net, social safety net, is the ideology that if there's no net, everyone will pick themselves up. And they will contribute to society because they have to. And that will lead to growth and whatever. Right. And there's always going to be people that never want to really get a real job. Like the true artists where they're like, no, I'm going to I'm going to live with 90 people uh, in a one bedroom apartment. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to walk dogs twice a week, but I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to do that much. But the in like a way i want your thoughts on this if there was free health insurance if rent was capped at six or seven hundred dollars uh there was caps on grocery food grocery grocery store items you know Mm -hmm. daily necessity stuff i'd probably quit this job and pick up something that was less time consuming and do more comedy um in society's eye that's bad for society 
right? Or at least the American, the way American culture sees what we do, that's bad for society. I think what it would take is for society to shift and say like, no, someone doing stand-up comedy is better for society than them type, tip tap, typey fucking clicking away on the Excel keyboard. Yeah, I mean, you know, which I think it is. I think per, like performing and doing these shows and whatnot is more helpful to society than what I fucking do. But like, society doesn't feel that way. I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel stuck. I, <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, I, I, um, I really empathize with with your position, and um, I think that. I mean, it's so. It's like, I don't know. I really try to hard to not to be like. No, what I do, like my stand-up is like, is like really important. I bring people and, happiness in their <laughs> darkest times. I really don't. I really think that it's sort of like a selfish endeavor that I yeah. need f- to fill some sort of validation that I am um, smart pers- pursuing. But uh, would you rather? But I. But I do think that. <laughs> but I do think that all of those things that you said, like, you know caps on on food or at least just a higher fucking minimum wage basically the lack of protections it's like bootstraps no it just means that you're allowed to be exploited more easily yeah it means that you're allowed to underpay people it means that you're allowed to um make people work around the clock you push them out um, of their apartment it means you're allowed to push them out of their apartment that nobody should have to live like this nobody should have to have to have this kind of stress um and and yeah society should have people that have the the ability to work less hard and make art i think people it's like yeah of course and um and there are many like european you go to european cities and just like things are more beautiful things work better people are happier it's like what more proof do you need yeah but the gdp number is not as high over there so I mean, is it? <laughs> no, the, I mean, the American GDP is, I mean, now we, we're getting into we real, just, like... We just, every five years, we tank the economy and have to start over. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, COVID did that for us a couple of years ago, so we didn't we didn't have to do that one to ourselves. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's values, right? Like, that's, that's I mean, the hard part, right? But like, whose values is, are these? Like, these are values that I don't share. I don't really know anybody who does share them. That's the point. So it's it's like... You know, who post- shares them is the billionaires, uh, which yeah. own everything, yeah, the including land- the politicians. Land- if, I, if a landlord tells me to pick myself up from my bootstraps, I'm going to beat his ass. <laughs> it's like, you do nothing, bitch. Take his land. Um, yeah, they... I mean... Yeah. Yeah, it's... I don't know necessarily. You tell me. How does it change? Do you think we're fucked? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Podcast over. We're yeah. fucked. Yeah. No, I, I do think that I we're wanna fucked. I want to be hopeful that it I, could change. I don't think electing people really helps. I don't think getting out the vote really helps. Um, tell me you were in a punk band without telling me you were in a punk <laughs> band. <laughs> so it's it's tough. You know, I think like on, on a micro level... Um, on like a super local level getting out the vote you know voting for a council person can like maybe sway some of the zoning things that you're talking about but uh i mean yeah like it's i mean nothing has gotten better or shifted in my lifetime in new york city and we've had democratically controlled everything the whole time so it's that that is one thing that i do that that is definitely one perspective that I appreciate because uh, one of the things that when people move here they they do have this sort of like oh I'm moving to this liberal bastion of like everything's great here because yeah. everyone is everyone's got a blue mark by their name or whatever but you live here long enough you're like no things are it's a different lifestyle necessarily but these politicians aren't better or worse than any of the the other ones that are in other places just because they're they're democrats doesn't mean they're better you yeah. know and they're totally i mean yeah totally corrupt i mean not Andrew saying Cuomo, you should vote for the republicans totally corrupt no that's like it it's bad and worse you know and i think that's why people are sort of apathetic about politics and and it's like yeah 
no politician. I don't think people can point to a single a single act of politics in our lifetime that has actually helped them except for um, the COVID checks. Yeah. That is the, the lone the instance unemployment. in yeah. my life. And it was a complete, that changed the game for me. Yeah. Um, Good. That I had more money than I'd ever had in my whole life at that, when I was getting those checks. And, you know, paid off debt, paid off. I, I know a few people like that. Whereas like the unemployment, being able to get unemployment for being a comedian was just a consistent, what, $800 a week? Yeah, at its so, peak, it was nine sixty six. When yeah, I, was, I mean that's that's a lot. And I mean, it was for yeah, it was covering bartending, but um, for me, but it was, I mean, it, that was, and you're not doing, you're just sitting on your ass all day, you know. It's just, it's just coming in, collecting. That was awesome, and that is the, and also that started into Trump. Yeah, dare I say, he, uh, it did. Well, and then Biden did it one more time just to and, like make sure that it wasn't like, oh, yeah, then, <laughs> yeah. I, I could do it, too. And then, Don't yeah. worry, guys. I'll give you money, too. Yeah. I mean, but that's, you know, and it's like, I mean, that was the most un-American thing to happen in my lifetime. It was also the thing. Poverty dropped 25 percent. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, wait. If we give people cash, it'll get them out of poverty. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know what's happened though in in the time since is that savings accounts are back down to where they were pre twenty twenty, and credit card debt is actually higher than it was pre twenty twenty because people got used to the lifestyle of having that extra money, and now I mean, they're yeah, and may, now they're spending too maybe, much, I which mean, is partial, maybe, partially partially why maybe rents are out of control, maybe prices, maybe food oh no for sure out of control, maybe the, no maybe. The minimum wage has minimum wage hasn't been increased since George W. Bush. That's Isn't what that I was going to say. That well, yeah. The that George is, uh, W. Bush was the last person to raise the minimum wage. Yeah, he dude. seems that seems so long ago. What I was going to say is the reason these things have happened is that going back to what we were talking about earlier, the companies realized that all these people had extra money and they they jacked up the prices and then yeah. blamed blamed overall inflation. But like. These companies, Delta's made, Delta Airlines has made more money this year than ever before. The gas companies have made, uh, like the oil companies have made more money than ever before. Uh, PepsiCo has made more money than ever before. And like the inflation numbers you see on the news don't include housing and food. Like the the food went, a, a dozen eggs was $8 in my fucking grocery store for like two months. It's back down to like three fifty now, but for two months it was eight fucking dollars. I was Insane. like, I know there's like bird flu and I know that there's all this stuff, but like no one should pay almost a dollar per egg. Dude, That's insanity. Yeah. It reminds me of that, uh, that great Patrice bit, um, off of, I think it's Mr. P where he's just like, where he's just talking about like, about prices going up. He's talking about sneakers, he's talking about bread. And he's just like, I just, and he's, he's imitating. He's like, the company is just like, what you really going to do though? <laughs> You're not going to buy bread? No, that was it. What am I not going to buy eggs? Yeah. Like, fuck it. What? We jacked it up because we saw everybody else doing it. You think we're stupid? Yeah. Think we're not going to raise our price when everybody else is doing it? God damn it. And... Well, now, now people truth. are finally cutting back, but it's because they have no money. And yeah. to your point, we shouldn't have to live at this level where it's like, oh, prices can only come down because nobody has anything anymore. Yeah. It's and, and a lot of people want to blame the consumer, which is not what I was trying to do. Like, because people do get used to a certain lifestyle. I don't think that's bad. I think not a lifestyle of not being dirt poor is not a bad baseline to be at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's, it's like, I mean, and and people just have no empathy. And also, um, you know, the uh, we're scared of of confronting the government. And you look yeah. at you look at Germany, you look at France. They uh, France ain't scared of confronting the government. They've been protesting no. for two months now. Yeah, I mean, Germany almost just had a huge general strike, like. They are willing to shut it down, and 
and go hand you know hand to fist with the with with the cops with the government and in america we've been conditioned to understand i think truthfully that if you riot if you protest you're gonna get shot you're gonna get run over with a car yeah and and you're and nothing's gonna be done about it and so there's like that there's that too where it's like what can we really do if we can't if, if electing people doesn't really help um then what's our recourse here you know is it you know if we get out in the streets then they can just shoot us yeah so then what options do we have <laughs> what are our choices yeah i mean that's the difference in europe is like the cops have batons yeah. they can arrest you but you know all things considered i'd rather be beaten with a stick than shot um definitely especially just for protesting it's it's one of those like the the way that i think about it is there's kind of two paths your country can go on when there's huge civil unrest you can either uh have a revolution where the people band together and they go after the government or you can have a civil war where the people are divided so they decide to go after each other and in france they love their revolutions over there they regularly have revolutions it's kind of their thing here i don't think we're set up to have revolutions because people are because of our two-party system we're just immediately pitted against each other like you know the black lives matter protest was i think as close as we got to that but it became a one side after the other instead of the people on the right and the people not in cities having sympathy for the the black people that were protesting and there were a lot of white people protesting as well but it was for um you know civil rights they decided that no i'm gonna kyle rittenhouse i'm gonna get a gun i'm gonna go defend my country and i like i when you get to these levels of civil unrest in this country i think the only thing that can happen is a civil war and i'm not saying a civil war is going to happen but a full-scale revolution i don't think is on the table for us i don't think it is either even though i mean i i I don't think that the democratic and republican parties like I you know they're they're both pretty far right parties in my mm. opinion so it's uh it's it's not there just isn't a real alternative you know we we don't really have a choice in my opinion it's not sure and so when we're talking about like where are we so divided it's mainly on cultural issues yeah that are sort of these to me I know I mean I think trans rights are very important like i think what's happening all over the country i mean it's a right-wing ploy to create a fake it's the issue is almost not real because trans people are a tiny they're a fraction of the population yeah there are barely any there's a fucking hilarious headline today fox news did this thing about this trans uh this trans woman ran as a woman in the boston marathon and it's like oh she beat 14,000 other women she came in like 7,000th place among women <laughs> and the headline right. was like beats 14,000 women it's like she <laughs> yeah she did not run fast no and, and <laughs> no. but also even if she did who the fuck cares it's like it's it's what it's and it's the yeah. same thing it's it's like the the trans issue it's um it's it's guns it's it's these it's abortion it's these issues mm-hmm. that don't really have anything to do with the material conditions of people's lives i mean they do in some degree and and i think that all of those issues are important in their own way but it's not it's not rent it's not wages it's not can i make a can i have a union at my job it's not these these issues that will actually potentially change the political culture and like the the people's material lives you know it's these sort of like uh dog whistle issues that make a great headline on fox news or msnbc you know um yeah i agree and we're at an hour oh hell yeah i think that's a i think that's a good way to wrap it up about yeah. what really matters you know that's like right. it's easy to to get distracted but um not a happy episode per se, 
But I thought that was a good episode. I, I, like, I, 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 I think time. a lot of people agree with a lot of what we're saying. Where can where can people find you? Instagram, uh, shows. Yeah, man, you it, run a, a show in Brooklyn, right? Yeah, I run a, a show in Brooklyn um, called Pure Chaos Comedy um, at Pure Chaos Comedy on Instagram. And I am at Unofficial Elliot on Instagram and TikTok and whatever. And uh, it's E-L-I-O-T is how you spell yeah. my name. But yeah thanks for having me on yeah of course as always find me at Corey t comedy on all social media and if you're in new york definitely check out pure chaos in brooklyn and come to the east village and come to ope a comedy show every single week at ferns uh like i said in the east village elliot's done it before if you listen to this episode and you want to see him on ope like you're coming to ope and you want to see him there Shoot me a message on Instagram. Say, I'm coming this date. I want Elliot on that show. We'll get him on that show. That's right. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Let's do it again soon. Definitely. Definitely.